Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in, everybody, to SEC Football and Beyond. I am Chris Landry along with Neil McCready as we are working our way into middle of May, uh, almost middle of May, and still a whole bunch of, uh, to talk about today, and we'll certainly be taking your uh, thoughts and comments, questions in um, in the chat room today, but still putting uh, a lot of the draft stuff to bed, working on next year's draft, working on recruiting over at LandryFootball.com, transfer portal information, everybody's uh, name, image, and likeness talk. Um, and getting ready for next football season. It's kind of what I do this time of year, Neil. Um, getting ready and studying all the spring practice tape and getting ready for the season and hope I can get it all done by the time we kick it off for good. So, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm, I'm, uh, just walked outside. What's, go, what's going on with you right now? <laughs> well, I actually just walked outside for a minute. I was on the phone. I was trying to. Uh, be quasi quiet so I didn't wake up everybody in the house and um, I know it, it, we had a little, there's a little chill in the air up here and I thought boy it won't be like this for much longer we'll we'll miss this in a month yeah no the the last uh, days of uh, chill you you better enjoy it. we're having a ton of rain here in uh, Louisiana today well um, there's uh, one of the things I know uh, that that's happened officially that's not really um, uh, a surprise to me, although it was a surprise in that there was a lot of talk about one of the better players, I think, in the conference on a very, very bad team, but he's one of the better players is Henry Tilto Otu um, going to Alabama. That's, you know, I'm going to take folks back to the recruiting of that young man. He He really wanted to go to Alabama, and it was Alabama, Tennessee, and Tennessee was able to get his commitment, but it was almost a feeling of as it happened and certainly as it progressed up on the hill negatively, I think it was always, oh, boy, did we, we screw this up. We should have gone to Alabama. And I think as the whole process played out, new coach, new staff, that Henry and his family was thinking Alabama all along. The whole issue with getting the official word, and we haven't gotten the official word yet, more on that in a second, but about transferring within the conference was the only thing that held it up, which brought into the conversation Ohio State. We know Ohio State needs that linebacker, um, big-time program, but that was a more of a, okay, where can I go, big-time program, um, fit, help, play right away, 
and if if you know what's the other option other than Alabama. So there was a lot of talk. I know amongst the media that, oh, Ohio State, Ohio State, Ohio State, that's where he's going, that's the latest. But it was pretty obvious that they have gotten the word to him. Uh, there's some strong indication that, okay, the ability in conference, you're going to be fine. And so he made it official last week. And, um, you know, not very often, of course, Alabama sends so many guys to the NFL and they have guys that they bring in. But, you know, um, this is a guy that can come in, help pretty early. It'll give them depth. Now, the the Alabama defensive front, it's going to be better than it has been the past few years for them. So another good one, another guy that, you know, we'll see uh, how well he plays right away, I would expect pretty good, and then then get his chance to go off to the NFL. But it's uh, like Nick Saban said, and it's like I've been saying, with all this transfer, uh, transfer, Alabama, the – the really good players um, that are going to stay at Alabama, the ones that are not finding their way in, they're the ones that are going to move. Those are the ones that you're going to have to choose from. If you want an Alabama player, you're going to get somebody that they, you know, wasn't going to quite cut it for them. And the people coming into Alabama are going to be this type of guy, a guy that maybe is a an elite player that can come in and have an impact. And with the whole – name, image, and likeness as we go forward with that into the future, it's going to even be more, I, as we talked last week, Neil, the big-time programs that are going to have the systems in place that are going to be able to fund and pay these kids more than most people will, uh, the rich get richer. Oh, there's no doubt the rich are going to get richer. There's zero zero question about that. So let me ask you a couple things on this. Alabama obviously has recruited linebackers ahead of him. He's not going to get there till June What's how does he fit into their rotation at that position? Well, I don't think they plug him. They don't. Got so excited, I just stepped on the court and uh, disconnected myself. Um, <laughs> not they've got three really good ones. They, they don't do depth charts, and they you know Nicky Nicky doesn't like the depth charts and the talk. He's gonna be one of four, and. And, and is going to play an awful lot early, and, and we'll see how much he starts. Here's the thing. It is, in checking into it, they're not completely – like if for some reason the big thing that the family understands is you go there, and he would have gone to the NFL regardless, state of Tennessee or anywhere, but he's going to get better prepared now. So, like for some reason, it takes him a little while to adjust, and – it is not out of the question that he can stay there an extra year. I think the plan is after one year, he's probably plays well enough, grades well enough to go. But the the whole conveyor belt system that they have, you know, he he look, it's not doesn't plug right in and start first day. He's got the talent to do it, but obviously, assignment wise, how well he's able to adjust, he's going to be one of four that they're going. I think he's still got a couple guys to beat out. I think, though, the experience level of the guys that are that he's competing against, he's going to fare very well because he's played a lot of good football at the SEC level. He's just got to pick things up in the way Alabama calls it and the way Alabama does it. So I expect him to have early, immediate impact, personally. I've read a lot of stuff 
football wide following the draft about linebackers, that linebackers are sort of the defensive fullback, that they're getting the that middle linebackers getting phased out of football a little bit. You buy that? Well, because of all the obviously the nickel is the base system now. It's it's you know, it used to be you call your base the nickel. Nickel is the base. Um so let's say you run a four three, for example. Your third linebacker is, you know, not on the 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 nickel back is on the field sixty five, sixty eight percent of the time, maybe more, in the NFL. So, well, just do the math. I mean, you know, yep. you're going to take certain guys out; it, they're, they're not on the field as much. Now, what's really valuable, and and you talking about the Mike backer? Now, the guy that can set the the protections, he's valuable the Mike backer, but it's the guy that's limited in coverage. And by the way, I do think that's the biggest thing that Henry Tiltotu has to adjust is improving in coverage. Those guys have, lim- they, they have value, but like a running back that is a fullback, for example, that is limited in some areas of being able to contribute on offense, linebackers that are two down players, well, they're two down players. They're valuable. They're valuable against the run, but they're situational players. They're not the typical starters that it used to be years ago. So, yeah, that's absolutely true. It's kind of like the, you know, people say, well, the running backs devalue. The running backs devalue. Well, when you play two running backs <laughs> and, you, and, you know, and you had two receivers, now it's three receivers or two receivers in a big slot like a, like a, a, a Y flex, a tight end flex, and you play one back, well, of course they're quote-unquote going to be devalued. They're not devalued in terms of importance, but in terms of numbers, we'll do the math. you know. So, yeah, that is absolutely the case. The guys that can cover, the guys that can, that can cover a big slot, but that's physical enough against the run that, that are not a liability in coverage, those guys are going to be – tremendously valuable but the guys that are not as good in coverage yeah what what are you what are you going to do in a passing league and even in college you're having to defend these guys going to be difficult and then here's the thing if you're going up against up-tempo offenses particularly in college and you're having to be you know you 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 can't substitute as much so you need to have the safety type guys that's why everybody's kind of moving smaller and faster so you know, safeties are playing linebackers, and linebackers are playing ends, and the ends are playing, ta- you know, size-wise. So you, you absolutely nailed it. So that was my next question. So who ultimately gets squeezed out? Is it the linebacker, or does it does defense get away from these these kind of the big hole-plugging defensive tackles that were always at such a premium? Well, in college, you still, depending on your scheme that you're running, obviously if you're running a one-gap scheme or a two-gap scheme, 3-4 three, or 4-3 four, three doesn't matter. You know, that's, that's numbers. It's one gap versus two gaps. So um, if, if you're a team like in Alabama, for example, that likes to – they don't try to penetrate upfield. And people say, oh, they don't get enough sacks. Well, because their purpose of their defensive line is to build a wall so you can't run. So they're going to still have value with those guys because I'm going to tell you, the, the easiest way to lose defensively is uh, don't stop the run. Don't stop the run, and that's the easiest way to – you know, at least you got a shot against the pass. They may throw it inaccurately. Um, but you want you want to get quicker. Yeah, guys that can't move are going to struggle. But you still have guys that are unique that have strength at the point of attack that can push the pocket a little bit 
are, are going to have value. But but there's no doubt when you go nickel, you get you get defensive end types that are being reduced down inside, and now you got four good pass rushers. So in college, you've got a larger roster. In the NFL, um, you you can have guys, and they're still you know the Leonard Williams types guys, the Dalvin Joseph types guys. They're still making good money as run pluggers, but they're not going to. They're not Aaron Donalds. You know, Aaron Donalds uh, are disruptive because so quick off the ball, that's the ideal defensive tackle today. That that will rush the passer from a three technique, a one technique, but also be disruptive against the run because he's beating you to the backfield and meeting the, the, the ball carry at the handoff. You hearing any other uh, transfer portal rumors? Yeah, uh, well, a lot of stuff that's – that's uh, not with a lot of big names. We keep everybody kind of updated. Uh, I know that AM's Kayshawn Brown uh, is is moving on. I know that Alabama's Brandon Turnage. We talked a little bit about him. Um, you know, we've got a few of those guys like there now. Um, Tennessee's added a couple of folks I know from uh, from Kansas of all places. Um, you know, it's it's in the league. A few of those, not a lot of big names yet, but it's coming, Neil, because uh, obviously semester is ending. I, most places they're ending or ending this week. Finals are uh, kind of lost track of it. I think they're last week and most this week. They're done, yeah. Yeah, you know, so yeah, that's right. Actually, it's usually middle of May. I try to talk to a friend at LSU. They, they ended like a week earlier because they're, you know, COVID, they tried to they, – they cut off spring break and stuff in some cases. So, yeah, a lot of them are done. So, you're going to start to hear a lot of that coming up in the next next couple of weeks, I think. Tony Fair, the uh, transfer defensive tackle from – nose tackle from UAB. He's down to Auburn, Ole Miss, and Purdue. It sounds like Auburn to me. That's kind of what I'm, I'm, I'm gathering. Are you hearing the same? Yeah, good player obviously makes a lot of sense locally, and that's what they're trying to sell them on. Hey, it's a good fit, good system here uh, that'll – That'll fit you pretty well. He's got pretty good off the ball quickness. I like his use of hands. I think it would be a good addition for Auburn. So um, I, I think it would make some the most sense there uh, for him. But I don't know what, exactly what he's all thinking. I, I, my sense is was more of if Auburn will have him that he would go there. But uh, we'll see. The uh, wide receiver from Notre Dame. Uh, the St. Louis, he's from St. Louis. I yes. know he's, he's looking at Ole Miss. He's looking at Missouri. He's looking at a handful of places. There's a lot of – he's supposedly making an announcement today. There's a lot of Mizzou buzz. Are you hearing – what are you hearing there? I've heard a lot of Mizzou. In fact, I've, that's been the, the, the kind of the prevailing thought was when he was going to go back home. Now, you, you know, I always say in recruiting, and now you have to say in transfer, you never know. Uh, but I'd be surprised if he doesn't go to Missouri. They've done a good job of, let's call it like it is, recruiting him. You know, they've they've been in contact with him for a while and coming back close to home, homesick and, you know, just uh, not quite fitting in um, with Brian and them. That's a – that's a look, that that's the one area that Notre Dame – Notre Dame has matched up with a lot of big-time programs at the line of scrimmage, but the, the quarterback play consistently in the, the – Certainly the playmakers at receiver has been a problem. So would be a good get for Mizzou, no doubt. A guy I'm watching, Trey Berry, the tight end from um, from Jacksonville State. I've been talking about Ole Miss and him since – I don't even remember. I, it may have been as early as last August. Um, I, I, for, I kind of forgot about him because, yeah, no, any update on – I mean, what, what's the well, deal what, on him? What's the holdup? Do we know? 
you know, it's a funny thing, right? It, it's it's uh, kids have figured out how to use social media or not use social media in, in a lot of ways, and we could probably do a lot of. Um, we could do. We could, we could. We could have a really in-depth journalism kind of a thing here. It's it's. Um, it would make me sound sort of old manish, but I don't mean for it to. I, I I do this with with young journalists all the time. When and it's this is going to sound bad. When you allow them. And again, it already sounds bad. I already hate the way it sounds. When when you allow them to be their own news outlet, they put out a tweet, and you write a story about the tweet. You just you just gave them what they wanted. I, I so and so a lot of these kids have figured out. Hey, the best way is just to be quiet. I can manage my own story, which I don't blame them, by the way. Um, and so there, there, but there ends up being no, no news at all. Everything I've heard consistently as of even last week was that he was still headed to Ole Miss. But here we are on May the 11th, and my antenna is starting to go up a little bit that it hadn't happened yet. But again, and I catch myself saying that, and he can't show up for three more weeks anyway. So what difference does it make? Yeah, well, it's. Uh, I think the the one thing you never know is has the kid what's the hold up with the kid like the kid may already know and it just hadn't quite come out and he's just sure. you know and so it do, it doesn't matter you don't have to tell anybody you know um what you worry a little bit about at least going back to my recruiting in and um days of do they not know i mean they're still waffling what's the issue why are they waffling who's influencing them are they that, you know, is it that difficult for them to make a decision? What's the issue? You start to worry a little bit about well, what are you dealing with? And we're dealing with young people that you have to be patient with. And that's not my strong patience. It's not my strong suit. But but it's 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 understanding that, you know, kids today, you have to be a little patient. But yet there's there's a certain part of growing up that uh, you have to make some decisions and you, you, you kind of want to train them when they're under you. Look, I mean, it could be as silly and as goofy as, look, get a legal pad out and make a list. What's your priorities? I, I tell people all the time, and I've, a couple of times, I don't, I don't know why, but a couple of people have asked me to speak with, like, you know, in the businesses, and, like, I don't know anything about your business. But let me tell you about how you evaluate players and coaches. What are the most important qualities? So what, what's the most important qualities you're looking for in a salesman or if you're a kid looking for a school? List them. Create your own critical factors and put a numerical, you know, element to it and write the notes of why you, you know, what do you think in this element, in this critical factor about this school, that school. And then, and then that really helps you because once you, you put it down, you start to see it, you start to, you write it, it's from you, but you start to see it and wait a minute, then why am I having trouble? Well, if I'm, if you're still doing it and you're still having trouble, well then, um, then there's something else going on. So in other words, if you're trying to gerrymander your 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 decision, well, what is it? Is there something else that you're not being honest with yourself about? And I think those things those are, it's a good exercise. You can do it for yourself. So um, anyway, I think that that th- those are good things to do. And and I think sometimes kids they go back and forth, but you never know. New, you never know who's in their ear. They want to do this. They don't want to. You know, disappoint the 
this guy and that guy and whatever. It's it's tough. It's 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 a tough it, process. It's why I've told people about recruiting, and and it, it it's probably not the best way of doing business. If I'm honest with what I do for a living, the best way is probably to promote the drama and pump the drama and just ride the drama and and every once in a while take the beating when you get it wrong, but stay on the drama. That, that there are there are examples of people that have stayed in business just pumping drama for years. I don't like doing that. It's not comfortable for me. I guess it's the journalism in me. I want, I want, yeah. to, I want to get it right, and so um, I, I, I kind of avoid a lot of that because I hate getting out on that limb of going. Okay, this kid is going to X, and then he doesn't, and you get beat up. And so Barry's one of those guys that I mean, everything I've heard consistently from multiple sources if this were just single sourced or something i wouldn't be there but from multiple sources going back and i can't remember when he got on my radar for the first time it was i don't know august september no later than october and pretty consistently it's been he's going to end up at ole miss and he played at jacksonville state which leads into georgia rebels question which is he says how good is trey berry i think he's good i think he can help them um Look, a lot of that, from a skill set standpoint, he's got what you're looking for. Um, what I can't answer, because not around the kid enough, is you know the maturity, the and I don't mean like kids immature, not just just to how he develops and how hard he works, all those things. That's going to determine it. You hear me talk a lot about that, you know, around draft time, and okay, what happens from now on is going to be key. I think the kid. He's got a lot of potential, got a lot of ability. I he really plays do. the ball really well. He he goes up and gets the ball well. He's a big target. You know, I, I, what I'd always heard was that he was the kind of guy that, uh, a lot like Kenny Yaboa, that because he's such a big target, and with Corral, who's a pretty accurate passer, that um, that would be a good match. Obviously, he didn't play with elite quarterbacks at Jacksonville State. He's going to play with a much – if he comes to Ole Miss, he's going to play with a much better quarterback in, in Corral. So – He'll be more of a weapon in a passing game. And you would know more about this than I do. Jacksonville State, a wide-open passing game, not their method of attack. That's, that's, that is what kind of Ole Miss is going to try to do under Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy. Yeah, this is a type of guy that it's going to be real, should be real effective in the, the back shoulder fade and you know the, the red zone and, and have an impact there. You know, is he a guy that's, you know, an elite athlete? I think Kenny Yubo is a good good example when we've got – Thought Kenny was going to get drafted late and got him. He's in, you know, he's going to get his chance. Um, but I think that's this guy has got the size to be able to be a mismatch and to help them and be a productive player in what they do. Because a lot of what you have to do, or you, what you can do with a guy, like, you don't have to be, the ball can come out a little quicker. You don't have to be as accurate. You just have to know where not to throw the ball, but give him a chance to go up and get it and win it, and he'll have chances because of his size to be able to do that. Big breaking news here. Buffalo quarterback Matt Myers has taken his name out of the transfer portal. He's back at Buffalo, so anybody who was following that breathlessly, you can. I tell you what, they, they did a good job. They hired a you know pretty good coach, Lance Leipold, of course, going to Kansas, but they went and um, – they hired the, the, the coordinator overall from Dana Hargerson over at Houston to, to go to Buffalo. So that's a really tough job. And uh, Lance has gone from tough job to tough job. But, you know, for mine, folks, you know, I don't know. Uh, sometimes you, you just, whether it's just pad karma or whatever, 
you know, but because um, you know, it didn't, one has nothing to do with the other. But you remember when Turner Gill was the hot coach at Buffalo, and and he got the Kansas job, and yeah. you know, Lance is a really good coach. La- the difference Lance did it at Wisconsin Whitewater, really good job. Um, I'm gonna tell you now, he's a hard ass. He's got half the Kansas team already leaving. And then we're real talented to begin, but he's running guys off, and he's he's quickly assessed that we're going to do this and we're going to have the right type of culture from the beginning. And some of those, you know, what I call will go and try to get a pretty good athlete to come in here and, you know, less got a few of those guys that just kind of do their own thing. And, you know, in Lawrence, Kansas, and football, you can kind of do it. That ain't going to fly with Lance. So I don't know well how well it'll do, but they'll be well-prepared. They'll be well-disciplined. And, you know, um, they may have their answer uh, to Chris Kleiman over on the other side of the state. You know, you mentioned something a minute ago talking about uh, Henry Toto, to, whose name I can't say out loud. I just can't – I can't make my, – my tongue won't do that. I can't pronounce it the same way twice. It's a tough one. <laughs> but you were talking about him, and, look, Alabama's kind of – it's interesting – I'm, I'm, my, my brain is going faster than my mouth can today, which is rare, Chris, frankly, because my brain usually just moves at a very snail's pace. Today, <laughs> my brain is really moving. Um, Kermit Davis talks about this, this, this NCAA, SEC, whether the SEC is going to pass the intra-conference transfer rule. He thinks right. they will because he thinks they really have no choice. He thinks most coaches are probably on board, but he didn't want to speak for other coaches. You talked about uh, Henry – we'll just call him Henry T. Henry T. <laughs> leaving the big T to go to Alabama. He's obviously gambling that that's going to pass, that he's going to be eligible to play. I don't want to get into rumors here because it just it's not worth it. Um, but there are some rumblings about some players inside the league who are looking around but who are waiting to see what happens with that rule before they do anything. Ultimately, what do you think happens? Do you think this intra-conference thing gets held up, or do you think it gets passed? I would be shocked if it uh, – I, I think it'll, it'll, it'll pass. In fact, I think, I think there's a strong belief that – I think there's a strong indicator, at least from Alabama, at least to Henry T., that, that it would be. I, I, I don't I, – <laughs> They, they, there's a way to, to, to find out information before it comes out. I, I would be shocked if they don't. I mean, I, I, it, it just – there's no reason for it to not be. So, I, I think it's slam dunk. I'd be shocked, and I, and I couldn't even imagine why. It, it wouldn't be. So, yeah, I think, I think it just – it makes a sense. It's what other people are doing. Um, it's one of the reasons I'm kind of watching schools that have a few transfer portal openings – and they're not filling them. I'm, 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 I'm interested in this because this is happening. If you look around the league, this is happening in a few spots where players have been out there. They could have probably filled those spots by now. They haven't. And it's, in my opinion, it's likely because they know of a handful of players that fit their needs better who are waiting for this to pass so that they can pull the trigger on the paperwork. Because, it's you know, here's the deal, right? Let's say you're at – Let's make up an SEC school. You are at uh, Tennessee A and M, and you're you're waiting to see you're you're wanting to leave to go to Texas A and M, 
but you want to see this pass, you've got three or four weeks before the offseason program begins. I mean, you know, you kids graduate okay, in finals, and they pretty much send everybody home for three weeks. Mm-hmm. And you bring them back in June, you crank it back up, you do June, you do July, you send them home for a week and a half, and then you come back for fall camp, and here you go. That's generally the calendar in a pre-COVID world, and I think we're about to return to a pre-COVID calendar. So with that being said, if you're a kid, you've got three or four weeks to play with here to wait and make sure that this passes before you leave where you are to go to the new SEC school because if if you're going to the new SEC school is contingent on this rule passing, you kind of want to wait and see it happen. The SEC is going to have their spring meetings around Memorial Day like they always do. I guess they're not doing them in person this year. They're doing them virtually. That's where stuff gets announced officially. So you have some time. You do, and it's part of what um... – I'm a, I'm a structure guy. <laughs> I have to organize. Um, the the in in dealing with a lot of these college football programs, it is, you know. So, it, to, to your point, and to kind of branch it out of trying to track and anticipate who's going to be a free agent, because that's what I call it now. It's free agency. It's transfer portal. So you kind of know in the NFL whose contract's going to be up. So the start of the new league year, you have a pretty good idea, and then some will sign and resign. Some won't. But then there are guys that are released. So J.J. Watt's released. You know, so you're, you're kind of prepared to some degree, but you don't know. In college, it's a lot of you don't know. And a lot of it is it's the, um, it, it, it's the tampering that goes on that you, you get – caught more in the NFL than in college because you have relationships with families and people like that in recruiting. So what's difficult is to try to figure out. So if you're holding spots and, you know, that means that you don't have better options, that you will throw certain options that come open here in the next few weeks into the mix, but there's a good chance that that option may not be there. Meaning, some of the guys that you anticipate transferring will not, or they will transfer and go somewhere else. And so you have to be prepared from a roster standpoint. That's why roster is, is like you, you kind of sign the, the, the signing day. You got, you know, you, you oversign, you undersign. I mean, you, it's just you push a year ahead, you push a year behind. The numbers is, is just incredible and confusing. Everybody now – if they're not, I, I mean, I don't know anybody that's not at least doing some form of this. They have, in addition to their recruiting room, they need to have a transfer portal room where there are some analysts that are involved that do nothing. Do nothing. That's what I'm saying. Everybody does, but but some yeah. don't don't have enough room, and they right. and and it's like this is why you got to find room to where you do nothing but keep track of that, and you have to go back to your recruiting evaluation and any film that the guys play, and you've got to track that. Um, and, and you've got to do it, you know, it, it's a, an everyday process. It's like the waiver wire in the NFL. The transfer portal has to be checked. So it is so, – so, so let's – yeah, you got that team that let's, – let's, let's go there. That, that is, I've got to add a linebacker. i got to add a safety. I got, 
you're thinking there may be an option, and if there is, there is. If there's not, well, you know, you're you're kind of you got to kind of wait. You've got to feel that you're not going to be able to feel it this year because there's this is this kind of this window. But it's so disorganized. It's so you know the, the whole system is okay. May you'll have that. So yeah, look, it's interesting news wise. People are going to want to know. You know, what about this guy? How can he help? Well, here's the other thing is, how much can a guy help without a spring? Now he comes in. Maybe he's played a year or two in college. Uh, can he adjust real quickly? It depends. you got to do your homework. And then, then maybe the, if the guy doesn't help you right away, uh, you, you know, might not be worth giving the scholarship if you think about it. So I, I, I think it's very, very it, – it, it gives you another bite at the apple if you miss on guys in recruiting. A, a, a bad recruiting offer is one thing. Here's the other thing. If you're a school that can't get many four-stars, this is probably your best chance to get four-stars. Four-stars that go somewhere else that don't pan out, that may not be four-stars, but we'll see where it goes. So it's going to be chaotic, and in, in the ones that manage chaos the best, and we know the ones that are that have the best staffs and do the best job of organizing – they're going to have success, but it does give some opportunities for some of the other schools to be able to get guys uh, an opportunity to get them in, in the program. It's a fascinating thing, you know, because we 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 live in a, a a culture now with with young people that, and it's in football too. It didn't used to be this way in football, but if you're not happy with your seven on seven team, you switch to a new seven on seven team. If you're not happy with your high school, you transfer to a new high school, or you go to IMG, or Whatever. I mean, there's always there's always greener grass. And so you're right. The, a, a kid signs with, I don't know, I, I hate doing specifics because people start thinking I'm thinking of somebody. So a kid signs with Florida State, doesn't work out immediately the way that he thought it would. Boom, he's back on the market. And, you know, and, and so now he has the, a, a get out of jail free card, really. Uh, and you get to use it one time. And so your second decision really ends up being more important than your first. Because the second one, if you go someplace as, let's say you go play one year at Florida State, and then you go, nope, this isn't for me. I, I, I this, this isn't what I was told it was going to be. I'm going to go to Auburn. Okay, when you transfer to Auburn, if you decide that Auburn's not what you thought it was going to be, and Auburn lied to you or whatever, well, now when you leave Auburn, you got to sit a year to go play at Middle Tennessee, right? I mean, you know, yeah, it's, no, it's, no, no doubt, no doubt, and that becomes the the big one. And 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 just to complete my rambling thought, what always strikes me about this, the more that I talk about it, the more that I think about it, is the people who are going to pay for this, Chris, are the high school kids. They're going to have a harder time getting that initial offer unless you are a viewed as a certainty. The the kid who's kind of a fringy upper three star kind of kid who's a project or whatever, and you're like, man, that kid's got some serious ceiling, but he's got a floor. Do we really – are we really – or, or you know what, I think I think Joe Schmo can be a great player, but it's going to take us a couple of years to get him there. I wonder whether that kid still gets the same offer list that he that he got pre-transfer portal. Uh, may not. Depends on – what position he is, what your needs are, how many spots you got available, and you he's now in competition for somebody 
that they could bring with them. Here, here's the, the other thing, and this is what I don't like about it. So, yeah, I get it. Sometimes things don't work out. The kid needs to go somewhere else. That's mo- That's very few. Most of the time when the kids are not happy, it's because the kid thinks he's all that and doesn't really understand how to work. It came easy for him. And the very reason why he's unhappy at school A is the very reason why he's going to be unhappy at school B. The grass is not always greener. You know, every oh boy, I, I, I love your job. It, and they don't realize the work. They don't realize the things that go with it. We're teaching them a bad message, and I'm going to tell you, 80%, I'm going to throw that out and very conservatively. 80% of the time, the kid should stay where he is and learn to work and compete because he's going to have to do with it somewhere else. Now, there's some, they're 20% of the time, their personal issues, family issues, understandable. There's some times where, you know, maybe you're not a fit at that elite school, and if you want to play, you could go down a level or go somewhere else where you're good enough to play at the next school, but you're not, you know, not good enough here. You're going to always be a backup. Um, there's some of that. But you're kind of starting over, and and that's part of what you're saying is it it is something that the school's going to have to be careful about how they evaluate a kid coming out of high school and how what is this family life. I mean, you can pretty much tell when a kid is being recruited and the people that are influences in their life, if they're the ones that – and you know the ones out there. All of you have been out there to T-ball and soccer games and all that – all the time. The kids are great. The parents are pain in the ass. You know, it's the, you know, my, my son, my daughter is this and that. It should be playing. That's what gets there and gets in there. If you, if you getting a lot of that in recruiting, you're probably the guy better be really good to overcome that because you're probably going to get that once they're there, not happy, not getting enough reps and not getting, no, no, you earn your reps would you do oh, but i thought it's just you know they think they're working hard and they're not so like i i'm i'm a big i'm not a big fan of a lot of the changes that are going on not because you know the old guy but but a lot of the fundamental processes of learning how to work i think they they should have been a more organized system but allowing the the free move it's going to cause the chaos that's going to be, quite frankly, more hurtful to the kid, the very people they're trying to help. And, you know, not the kid that you we will talk about a lot, but the majority of the kids, you hear me say it all the time, the majority of those kids that go in the transfer portal, the ones that you don't know as much about, that you think, oh, they get that opportunity to go somewhere else. You know what? The opportunity is not any better. They're not any more successful because the same issues of work ethic or maybe attitude follows them there, and then it doesn't work. Or worse, they don't even get a scholarship and they're, they're out of football. So it is just not – it's not really good. It's – it's you, to me, college free agency will be like NFL free agency. You, you can fill in holes, but you're not going to – if you are using this as a way to build it, it's going to be very difficult. It's no different than – it's different, but philosophically it's no different than junior colleges. 
You, you just you have to be able to work that in a way to where you have to have a system that's very easy to come in and learn and adjust. Otherwise, you're wasting time because you're wasting years by getting transferred. You don't have enough time to develop them in your system. You know, it's interesting you say that about work. It reminds me, I, I listened to an interview the other day. I, I watch a lot of NBA. Um, I know you don't. I watch a lot of NBA. And and one of the teams that I've watched a lot this season is the uh, is the Suns, the Phoenix Suns, because I, I like Chris Paul. I, I like uh, Devin Booker. I just like that team. And and more importantly, I, I love Monty Williams, the coach of the uh, of the Suns, who's overcome just a tremendous amount of tragedy in his life. His wife died in a car accident in, in 2016 in Oklahoma City when he was with the Thunder. He was on Billy Donovan's staff at the time. And he's kind of, he's got, I think they had five children together. And, and so all of a sudden he goes from being an assistant coach who's on the road and stuff all the time and to he's a dad at home with five kids who just lost their mom. And uh, anyway, I, I, I'm a big fan of his. And so I've watched the Suns a lot. And, and one of the people on that team who always kind of catches me is, is Mikhail Bridges, who is, uh, I guess, a third-year player at this point um, in, in his career, small forward. And there was an interview with him about, you know, his rookie year, he played a ton with Phoenix. And then Monty Williams gets there in year two, and all of a sudden Bridges is fighting for minutes. He's not getting anywhere near as, minute, more, as minutes, uh, not getting as many shots. And the, uh, the Suns were in Memphis for a game, and uh, he goes to Monty Williams and is like, hey, what's the deal? I'm not playing. Well, I'm not, I, I, I should be getting more shots than I'm getting. I should be getting more minutes than I'm getting. And Monty Williams said, you're a good player. You're not working hard enough. And Bridges said his first reaction in his mind was, man, that's crap. I work. And then he said, you know what, though? Okay, you're the coach. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work so hard that you can't say that, that you have to take that back. And so that's what he did. And sure enough, the work came. The minutes came. And now the production's coming. He's on a team with Chris Paul and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. He's getting 13.5 a game, uh, 4.3 rebounds, 2.2 assists. He's shooting 42.2 from three. I mean, the, the, the point of that is this, here's a guy that exactly – sometimes coaches have a hard time getting that across to guys that, hey, it's about – it's when you say, hey, you're not working hard enough, it's not an insult. It's just a statement of fact that you got to work harder. And if you work harder, the results come – but a lot of times it takes a guy going through adversity to figure that out. And a lot of times now, and, and this is not the kid's fault. I think it's a societal thing. You don't like your travel baseball team. You switch to a new travel baseball team. You don't, like, you don't like your AAU team. You switch to a new AAU team. You don't like your club soccer coach. You switch to another club soccer team. So it's so easy to do that, mm -hmm. that that just kind of becomes the deal. But at some point there's kind of a reckoning and that's why I'm, I'm watching transfer portal kind of closely because once a guy transfers, there's the reckoning because you can't do it again without penalty. You know, they say you give them a leash and they'll hang themselves, give them rope, they'll hang themselves. It's kind of what, you know, w we do things in a different world today, and this is a bigger issue. It's, it's um, you know, it's it's not freedom. It's like, oh, it's 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 perceived like freedom. And, you know, there's – there's a certain lack of discipline that we all have, lack of respect of of an honest day's hard work in in earning it. That everything should be given to you, and it just that's not the way the real world works. Or you know, maybe 
maybe it's where it's becoming, but um, that's where that's what we're teaching. Um, you know, I think that's that's the, you know the information that you've got to look at and say, well, wait a minute. Um, you know, what are we really teaching? And and when you're recruiting, um, and you're to me in the draft process, you have to look at what you're getting at, what you're getting. You can maybe sometimes head off a lot of that information. So I, I think that uh, I think those are the things that um, you look at. And sometimes you, the guy that comes in with the ideas of what's in it for me um, and not really buying into the team concept, then I think that's the issue. You know, that's sometimes all right, that's your answer. Maybe you want to go in a different direction. You know, Grind makes a good point about transfers, I think. And this is it's kind of interesting. I, I, I've talked to a few coaches about this, and they're still it's, – it's so new that they're kind of figuring out, you know, how, how much you want to depend on this. He says the only thing with transfers is that you can build a good team, but it's hard to build a good program. There are two different things. It says Gus lived – referring to Gus Malzahn, the former Auburn coach, lived on transfers – which made for a good team at Auburn. Here, oh, he said a good team here and there, but he failed to build a, a consistent program. I think that's fair. Well, you know, I don't, I don't think recruiting wise, he did nearly as good a job in that regard. And that's when you don't recruit well. It's kind of like teams that don't draft well; they have to rely more on free agency. They have to go after somebody else's. When you do a bad job of recruiting you end up having to take transfers you end up having to kind of go back and fill them and it used to be you know with junior college guys now you can do it transfers um so anyway you know i think those are the the things that uh, you look at and you say well wait a minute um it's kind of to me the biggest problem that you have is like you know i thought auburn did the worst job recruiting offensive linemen of any major program so it's been been a big issue and i think that's part of the problem and it'll be something going forward that we'll see um you know i do think that that is that is a big part of what i think we're going to see going forward that's going to be an issue this uh, podcast is brought to you by Blue Sky. Blue Sky believes in being fast, fresh, and friendly. Through the thoughtful layout and cleanliness of their stores, Blue Sky hopes to provide customers with a fast and easy buying experience. From services to products, Blue Sky plans to keep things fresh and always provide the freshest flavors of their brand name products and the best services available. They even bring in some of the newest products on the market to their stores to provide an even better customer experience. A smile can say it all, and at Blue Sky, they want to show their customers that they care about them and their shopping experience. They always strive to improve their efforts to accomplish exactly that. So check out Blue Sky today at any one of their 48 store locations across the Southeast. And we're brought to you by Alpha Specialties located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. Alpha is your trailer-specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it. Alpha is the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got Load Trail. It's the premium brand trailer, the highest quality utility equipment, dump, and gooseneck trailers being built today. Fully primed and powder-coated load trail trailers come with an industry-leading three-year warranty and two years of roadside assistance. Alpha Specialties also has Hallmark Cargo Trailers, one of the most quality cargo trailers on the market, perfect for hauling goods to markets and shows, ATVs to deer camp, hauling race cars, and more. 
Alpha can also work with third parties to have game day trailers and concession trailers built as you start getting ready for the high school football season, the middle school football season. That's certainly something to think about. And they have spare tires and wheels starting at just $100. They have a full selection of trailer parts and accessories, hitches, winches, straps, and more. They also do all types of truck accessories. And listeners can get 10% off a yearly trailer service and inspection at Alpha's full service shop, where they repair all types of trailers, concession, horse, utility, enclosed, gooseneck, RV, and more. So give them a call at 601-932-9798 or check them out at alphaofms.com. And make sure you tell them you heard about Alpha on the MPW Digital Network of Podcasts, which includes Landry Football and beyond. So uh, I don't know um, what you're working on over at the site. I know for us, um, and what I've been working on right now, or what I'm going to start last week was kind of a tough week dealing with some stuff. So I'm a little bit behind, but grinding on uh, spring practice tape, not games, but spring practice stuff. And we'll be doing previews of well all the teams uh, eventually and certainly uh, within said, the conference. you said games and practice just so you know why i started laughing i immediately the, the alan iverson meme ran through my mind oh yeah no the, the practices are much more valuable than spring practice games uh or the spring <laughs> games yeah talking know. about a game you're talking about practice you're talking about practice you're talking about are more practice. valuable so uh yeah no oh alan well boy what what a corner that guy would have been he was uh, that's all i keep yeah. thinking what yeah. a basketball player <laughs> no, i know he was oh, a basketball player too yeah. he made the he made the right choice but so anyway yeah we'll be breaking down all the teams not just in the conference and league but but also got some stuff coming up uh obviously got the initial uh look at the the 2022 draft class um, I do have, um, uh, the, um, the, you know, the top board kind of initial board, a checklist, then I'm going to kind of take it down by conference. Uh, I'm going to provide that information and we've got to start to get in as I start to look at more and more film, kind of who looks skill set wise, who the best looking players, well, around the country, but, but certainly in the league, we talk a lot of SEC, mostly SEC here. So we'll get into that. Uh, so a lot of good stuff coming up over there. And certainly we are going to go through the roster analysis of the NFL of now that, you know, all the, all that's done. So that's what we're really going to be focusing in on um, with a lot of my work is basically getting ready for the football season by looking at the film grade notes from last year and looking at any new information being, you know, draft recruiting, um, you know, incoming, you know, um, any transfer information. That's what we're trying to do. So uh, we're really, really excited about that. Got our notebook every day with, I know we don't get to a lot of it here, uh, but we got, if you want the detail of recruiting, you know, Florida got nice commitment this past week. And, and we don't just do it in the SEC, all around the country. The College Notebook every day has recruiting information every single day about players and kind of how they stack up and where they're going or, you know, transfer portal information. Same thing with NFL news in their NFL notebook. So that's what we're working on there. Just want to encourage everybody to check out LandryFootball.com. The scouting season offer is still available for you there, so take advantage of it. Tomorrow's a huge day for NFL social media directors. Huh. The huh. Uh, schedule gets released tomorrow at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Time. The league will, redu- will uh, release its 2021 season. And I'm reading from a story in The Athletic. It says, simultaneously, 
Team social media directors will publish content promoting those schedules, a process that in recent years has become ultra-competitive and for some teams, ultra-expensive. What reaches fans' feeds is the culmination of months of planning and dozens of brainstorm, meet, brainstorm meetings, all in the hopes of producing the most creative, unique, and viral content. Some teams will deep dive into memes. Some might create music videos or spoof a television show. Many will utilize their famous players. A few will spend tens of thousands of dollars or even six figures for a video they hope will go viral. It needs to be one of the highest production value as well as funny and unique. Catch, creative, and catchy. And then as the quote says, uh, I think we all understand this is crazy, right? Says Bill Voth, the Carolina Panthers, assistant director of digital media and broadcasting. It's just the schedule. But instead of rolling our eyes, we have embraced it and said, let's do something big. It is one of the fun nights on Twitter is to watch the different teams release their schedules because it used to just be you release the schedule. Sports writers book their, their hotels for the next year. But now it's... Um, it's a, it's a major production. It's kind of fun to watch. Yeah. Um, it's it, it, one of the things that the NFL is just fantastic in their ability to create a moment. It's like they're going to own the day tomorrow releasing a schedule. And sure. Only them can do that. It's going to be good. Hey, real, real quick. I see Nola Jack has had some questions. Nola Jack, I've answered this question like three times for you. I don't know where you haven't heard it. The, the, the draft grades. The duplicates in tiers, and I apologize for everybody else that, that haven't addressed this again. Guys are like interior linemen. If I grade a guy at a center position or a guard position, they may rank a little different. So that's why you have guys in duplicate spots. So hopefully that answers you there. Hopefully you finally hear it. Because I've addressed it about three times. So thank you. But, yeah, that's what, that's what we do, and that's important. I'm glad you did. In fact, I thank you for bringing it out the last time because I probably didn't explain that enough. If you got that question, maybe somebody else does. But, yeah, so if you've got a guy, if you grade a guy that's a guard, but he can also play tackle, you're going to grade him and stack him in both areas. And I think it's important to see where they rank the highest and where their value is. So I do that a lot. So apologize if you didn't get that. I, You know, I, I think I answered a, an email about it. And I know I've answered it on the show a couple of times, but I appreciate you, you know, bringing that out. Maybe I can do a better job of explaining it when we do that. That's uh, that's always something I'm looking to do. How much do teams know about their schedule before it comes out? Do they? Do- uh, you get some indicator. Um, here's what's interesting: the first thing you look at is you have any Monday night games. You have any Thursday night games? Because that's a big thing. So you really start to look. Okay. We got a Thursday night game. Um, how we're going to deal with that? Now, it used to be it was like the only Thursday games was Thanksgiving. Well, now you got them all, so you got to figure that out. Because now you have to do, you have to do some. You know, if it's later in the year, it's tougher because now you got to basically prepare for two games in one week, and you've got to really siphon up the. The uh, and it's really helpful if you play a Thursday night game, and and it in a lot of times they try to do this. Neil, it's a division game. Well, you're more familiar with that opponent, and if you played that opponent already, like on a Sunday, and you play them the second time on a Thursday, and it's maybe like four or five weeks, then you've already have a pre-game plan going into it. You know, you have a good feel for it. So that's the th- Thursday night games, Monday night games. 
you try to look at that. Uh, road games, you got any – you on the road four weeks in a row, really? You know, you just – how many times to the West Coast or the East Coast, depending on where you are? Um, yeah, you have a pretty good idea. Right now, it's like, it's like people are going to be spending all day. I won't. I mean, it's like, Neil, when the schedule's out, I don't sit there and think about it. Well, who are the Bucks going to be hosting Thursday night to open the season? What, is it going to be? This? Is it going to be? That? Is it going to be? This? It's like it's going to be somebody. You know, I don't. It doesn't really matter. You know, I mean, it's just like whatever it is, it is. I I, I will look at it, but you know what? I probably it, it it kind of. I mean, it's interesting, but that's just kind of the way it is. You know. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll finish here. We did. I'm surprised we didn't talk about this. Yeah. Uh, Tim Tebow signs with the Jacksonville Jaguars. As a tight end, it's been a minute since Tim Tebow was in the league. It's been a minute since he played for Urban Meyer, and I don't recall him ever playing tight end. How does how does this how does this end up working out for for Jacksonville for Tebow, et cetera? Yeah, you know the one thing we thought of with with Tim early on in his career was, you know, trying to do some what do we call big slash stuff, meaning he's not the, the athlete, the speed guy, the quick guy, but he was the power guy that could do some, I thought it could do some H back or F back thing, you know, fullback, you know, sliding out and blocking and, you know, punt protector and special. T- he, he thought of himself as a quarterback and he went down that road and he's made a lot of money and guess he's wanting to do something. And he's always looking for a challenge and that type of guy. Look, I, I don't have a lot of hope there um, that it's going to, you know, be like a real success. Uh, people will say, oh, but he's a leader and all that. That's not how it works in the NFL. You, your leaders are your best players, you know. So if, you, if you're if you not a guy that makes plays, that wins for you, then you're not really. Your voice in the locker room is not that big of a deal. We know the relationship with, with Urban and, and uh, Tim, I mean, that's the only team that would be interested in signing him. He's, um, I don't know that he's, you know, going to be any better than their fourth tight end and a up back. And what I, you know, I, 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 I don't, it's, it's a quote unquote big deal because it's Tim Tebow. I think you have to be careful. And I, I think you saw this like when the Jets signed him. Backup quarterback, we sent to the back, and then there's the, they're they're following the the jet coming in, and the, the, it's like, you know, that don't go well in NFL locker rooms. Right. And so if there's a feeling of, okay, this is you know the this guy doesn't have to, and and of course that's not Tim because Tim's going to work the hardest and all that stuff. I don't think it's, to me, it's much ado about nothing. Even though everybody wants to talk about it and understand why. Yeah, he's a guy that that uh, he, he gets clicks, he gets eyeballs, he no gets doubt. attention, and and you know it's been a minute. The only thing I can see in it is that the contract's not guaranteed. It might just be well, one. Of those- he, he doesn't. He may not. He may not make a penny because if you don't, if you well, don't make a roster, I mean, just you know. So you no, know, it's not a risk. People say, "Oh, it's a big risk." It's not a risk financially. He's got to make the team to make any money. It's it's not. Yeah. You know, what I was going to say was that I think there's a chance that in camp you even bring a guy like that in because one of two things happens. Either it works, if it works, awesome. But if it doesn't work, it takes a little bit of the attention off of uh, Trevor Lawrence and maybe even Urban Meyer and some of the other stuff in that first couple of weeks. Maybe it gives them a little bit more of an acclimation period because some of the some of the the hot take media is going to be 
just locked in on Tebow the whole time, maybe even to the point that they leave Trevor Lawrence, quote, alone, end quote, for a, a week or so. So that's the only thing I could think of. And then if it turns out that he can play tight end or H-back or whatever in, in the NFL enough to make a team, then great. Yeah, you know, he doesn't doesn't run that well. He's a power runner and don't know if he can catch it. You no, know? I mean, I think the guy will work. And, you know, the guy's a high-character individual. It's just not – it's not a difference maker. It's not a, you know, he's had plenty of chances. Um, I mean, New England, Belichick, I mean, a lot of chances. He just, he's just, you know, college fans don't get it because he was such a great college player at being a very unique player that they think that that translates. You get still that people think, oh, this guy played well in the NFL. No, he didn't. He made a couple of throws here or there, and, you know, they had to play around him. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's just so limiting. Oh yeah. But he won that playoff game against Pittsburgh and he made the one throw and yeah, no, that's great. He's made a few other throws. It's just, he's slow release, slow setup. He's just so ineffective in the passing game. And, and, and it took him a while. He's 33. I'm assuming he's in great shape. I don't know. I, I think it's the, it's the hometown team for him. Um, maybe being part of the organization at some point. I, I don't know where this is headed, um, and I'm sure they've had the conversation. I would hope that, you know, it's if he doesn't make it, then, you know, that becomes, you know, a tough decision. Not not a tough decision, but, you know, something that people are going to talk about. So, um, yeah, it's a, so, yeah, it's a very – again, uh, uh, for the, did he sign a cheap deal? Remember, you can sign a contract. If you don't have signing bonus money – you, it doesn't matter what you could sign for, you know, $10 million. You don't make the team, you don't make it. Yeah, it's right. he, he hasn't signed any deal yet. Yeah. So there is no deal. It's it's For all we know, it may not happen. The rumors are that it will. Maybe this is one of those things that gets floated up there. It wouldn't shock me if they both decided, you know what, it's probably not. Let's not go through with it, you know, either side. But if he does sign one, yeah, it, it won't be for a lot, don't think. And, again, don't pay attention to what it is. You know, it, it, he's got to make the team to make the money. Pay attention to the signing bonus. And I I don't know that he makes the team. I, I would say it's nothing better than 50-50, maybe a little bit less that he makes the team. All right, we'll wrap up there. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. We will be back with you on Friday with another edition of SEC football and beyond. Uh, for Chris Landry, I'm Neil McCready. Until then, have a great week. Talk to you soon. Take care. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.